On today's podcast, my guest is Crystal Radslav from British Columbia, Canada, and she's the creator of the blog Sweet Valley Acres. She's a fellow blogger and a new partner in a monthly virtual book club that we are sharing on our blogs. You're going to just love her sweet Canadian accent. Hi, I'm Lynn, and I'm your host of the Living Large in a Small House podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy this new episode. Hi, Crystal, and welcome to the Living Large podcast. Thanks for being my first guest in 2023. Yoo-hoo, 2023, here we go. Can you share with my listeners a little bit about yourself and where you live? Sure. Um, Well, I would like to call myself a home and garden designer. Um, I'm also a real estate agent. Um, My husband is a builder. My daughter, who's 27, is an architect. And um, my son is uh, on YouTube. He's 25 and he's single. So if anybody out there (laughs) (laughs) has a lovely young daughter, Um, anyhow, he's our tech guy. And I I mentioned them all because we work as a family and our whole, um, the Sweet Valley Acres, which is my, all of my social media and things like that we've done as a family. So I always include them in it. Um, They are a huge part of everything I do. Um, We uh, live in Kelowna, BC, which is right above Washington, central Washington state. And um, it is, it's a, gorgeous place. Um, we, um, we get to like, we have cold snowy winters, but we have very hot summers. So, um, we'll get up to 40 degrees Celsius, which I looked it up. I think that's 104 Fahrenheit. Um, that's very common for us. And, um, we have, we're really well known for vineyards, um, and wineries, um, orchards of everything like peaches pears apples cherries cherries are a big thing and they're shipped internationally and um we overlook a huge lake it's called okanagan lake it spans 84 miles and so it it goes from like across three different cities and uh, we're called the okanagan um and that actually branches down into washington state there's an area called the okanagan down there too Um, So yeah, it's called, we're considered semi-arid and we have desert areas just south of us. So it's a gorgeous place to live. Well, and we know each other because we belonged to the now defunct Thistlewood (laughs) Mastermind Group. And we briefly met in person last July at Haven. Um, And we're both bloggers who love design and gardening and both live in houses that overlook water. And we also are moms of grown children. And by the way, my youngest, who's 23, is single. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> yeah, she, and she's a very attractive young lady. Oh. Um, so you, like me, are a blogger. How? Share with me how long you've been blogging. Because for, the, for my listeners, Crystal and I, don't know each other very well. So this is a lot about us learning about each other as well as you learning about her too. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, at Haven, I wish I had really gotten around and met pe people more, but I'm actually very shy. So it, that was a tough one for me. But blogging, um, my first official post went live a year and a half ago. But as you know, setting up a website for your blog takes a long time. And so I think, you know, if you really added it up, I probably am at it two years, but I was putting all the you know, little touches on the website. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that to me, well, and I'm sure you would agree. Everybody thinks that blogging is just sitting down and writing and there's so much more involved and so much behind the scenes, so much technical stuff that really um, takes up a lot of our time. And is, if you, if you don't know it, it takes a while to learn all those things. It sure does. And, you know, I was thankful that I had my son, you know, he was able to hold my hand through a lot of sessions where things just collapsed on me. So it's good to have somebody who knows what they're doing nearby. So can you share with my listeners what you what you basically your blog is about, what you share on your blog? Yeah, sure. Um, so I started it because we um we built on a very difficult piece of property and I thought the whole blog would be on home construction, um, uh, home design and garden design. And um, I also like to be uplifting and kind of share uh, stories about the lighter side of life. And um, so that's where it started. It was going to just be about the construction of the home. And, um, but I, you know, you're going along and you just start doing what people like. And um, I always have been a person that makes my own home decor and I revamp home decor if, you know, it, it's still, you know, functioning, but maybe the color's not right. So once I started doing that, um, then that took off um, on home talk and um, stuff. So it really is um, everything about the home. Not much about cooking because I'm a terrible cook, uh, <laughs> but I, I give things a try and uh, anything to do with the garden. And then I do have a lifestyle section where I share our city, any little trips we go on that I think people would enjoy because I'm always taking photos and um, I like to see those things to get ideas of, you know, what to see. And um, as well, my daughter is going to be getting married and having it here. So I'm going to have a whole section on wedding preparation. And um, yeah, so that's what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, your, your blog is beautiful. And what you do share with your home, everybody should hop over to Sweet Valley Acres and um, take a look at what you've got there and your beautiful property You've also shared with us that you're a real estate agent. So are, is that a full-time job, part-time job? Where, where does that fit in? Because for me, blogging is full-time. Oh, yeah. Well, um, it is, I would say it's part-time. Um, I am there when my clients need me, but I am not out there actively like you know, chasing every listing uh, or hounding my friends to list with me or buy or whatever. It's kind of like, if they want to work with me, then, you know, let's go. It was really fun. Um, I had um, a friend that was my friend in grade six. She all of a sudden reached out and she bought nearby, which, you know, is it's a five hour difference from where she lives. And what a great thing to 
you know, reconnect with somebody. So yeah, it's, it's part-time, but I am, if people need me more than I'm there. Now, was the market in Canada as crazy as things were here in the United States in the last, you know, in, in the last year? Because I'm sure your economy is a little bit different. We had such low interest rates that everybody wanted to be a homeowner and the available homes dried up and then people were going nuts buying, paying way more for a house than it probably was worth and buying sometimes sight unseen. It was it was just crazy. That's exactly how ours was too. It was terrible. Um, I felt so bad for my buyers because, you know, we would go into it and sometimes we would do what's called a bully offer, which means the real estate agent has said, we're going to look at offers on say Tuesday, but the listing went live on Friday. And if I knew my clients liked it, I didn't wait for Tuesday. We made an offer the second they saw it. And, um, you know, that sometimes did get us the deal. It did on a few. Um, and, but other times they, the homeowners would say, you know, strong, nope, we're going to wait. And then my clients are up against 11, you know, 12 other offers, people that are just doing ridiculous offers. I don't even know how they got their um, financing for it. Um, but what I don't know if you guys have done this first, they started clamping down the government. And so what they did was with um, anyone who was a foreigner purchasing here, because that's what they were finding was really driving a lot of our purchases was foreign buyers. So they capped on a 20% fee on it. So, you know, uh, it was just on the purchase price. So an extra 20% they had to pay. And then if they left the home vacant, then they put a speculation tax on it. And just on January 1st, they implemented a two-year ban on foreign buyers in Canada. So no one outside of Canadian citizens can buy here. And um, I guess they're hoping that's going to work. Um, the interest rates are also really um, slowing things down, but you know, I was looking at the stats and in February of last year, we saw a 40% increase in home prices, 40%. Yeah. It's over crazy. One year. Yeah. And my, my um, middle daughter, they had, she had just gotten married and they were in a situation where they were renting a pretty tiny high rise apartment and it was going condo because the people who own the building wanted to make more money on this and they were getting on rent and they had, they had to either buy or move out. Well, here buying and renting was really hard to do too, because a lot of people were taking advantage of this crazy market, selling their house and then needed a place to live. And so they were kind of stuck in this hard place and they wanted, they really wanted to own a home and they bought a flip home that it was just done terribly. And now they're kind of paying the price for this house. And my advice always is buy the worst house in the best neighborhood and fix it up yourself because then the profit is yours and you know how it was done too. Um, but yeah, no, we, our government, unfortunately, has not stepped in, but um, things have settled down quite a bit because our interest rates are quite much higher than they were too. Um, 
But let's chat about your home. You built it, correct? Yes. Yeah. That was uh, quite the uh, thing. Yes. My husband's a builder. So we had done 13 renovations, large renovations prior to getting to this point and two spec houses. Um, So yeah, we had had a lot of experience, but we finally found what we considered our forever piece of property and wanted to build the home ourselves. So we took it on. And you mentioned that it was a challenging build. Can you share a little bit about what that was all about? Well, you know, you come here and um, this piece of property had been for sale for eight years, not a single, you know, sniff on it or anything. We make our offer and two more buyers show up to oh, the place. So, yeah. So we, you know, as a family discussed it and we said, no, nope, we're not going to increase our price. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. We wrote a letter and we ended up getting it and they went with us and we should have known that maybe something was up because they said, well, we wanted to go with you guys because you're a builder and we figured that you'll stay the distance with the property. We should have like yeah. stayed the distance. Like what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> But it was impossible to find a view acreage. So we went with it and um, you only, we only had two weeks to make and remove all of our conditions. I think our, our way of doing um, business here is a little bit different than down in the States. So we had two weeks to remove conditions. Then it's considered a solid um, deal no way of backing out. If you do, you lose your deposit and you may also be sued for if there's any decline in the market or a rise in the market and you've um, inflicted injury on the seller. So um, we went ahead with the purchase. And um, one of the things that really got us to do it was the offer on our home. Uh, The buyer said, we want you to stay in at eight months because we can't move there for eight months. So we want you to live in it, take care of it. We don't want you know anything to happen to it. And um, the buyer was very interesting. They were, um, they're big time fashion people. So we're like, oh, okay. Wow, this is finally our chance to build a house. So, you know, you don't get that chance to live rent free. Right. And um, so we did it. And then um, we removed our conditions. We had done some talking, a lot of talking with the city. And they said, okay, well, what we want you to do is to the driveway. We want you to get a professional in to model it. And uh, it can have no more than a 12% grade. And it was like, uh-oh, we're, we're in big trouble here. So when they did a 12% grade, it meant in areas that we had to blast 30 feet deep of solid rock. And my husband said he stopped counting at a thousand truckloads of uh, hauled out of rock. And so that was one of the things that made it very difficult. But we were bound and determined to build on a certain part of the property up at the top um, so that we could oversee the whole lake, get the real big lake view. And um, so we went ahead with that. The other thing was what we think that the sellers were alluding to was there were natural springs all over the property. So um, as we would blast, water would pop up everywhere. Then the blasters tell us, well, you know, with all this water, now we have to use the expensive explosives because they're, I think they're encased a different way. 
And um, so then that rose our prices up. Um, and so you think, okay, finally, you get the driveway in, you get your build site in, this is all great, everything should be fine. Well, water pops up everywhere. So we will have a spring pop up on our driveway and we suddenly have a waterfall that if the, you know, the season is cold, it's suddenly pure ice. And we get huge icicles. I don't know if you've seen my um, photos. Yes, I have. They're huge. They're like 12 feet long. So mm -hmm. that has been challenging. And so we can are always having to divert the water away. There is a stream. So we continually are diverting it towards there. Um, but that's costly. Right. So. Right. So it, it, that's a problem that you continue to have to maintain. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My husband is out there. We're out there. Sometimes, you know, we see something happening and suddenly we're like shoveling little canals to, <laughs> to make. Let's go this way. Um, yeah. Well, your home is beautiful. And the look of the pool, you have a pool in your backyard, which yeah. you, you, we talked about this one time. We call it our front yard. The area yeah. that looks towards water, not where our driveway is. Exactly. Um, and it looks like it's a finity edge and it just is be absolutely beautiful. So I imagine that just living there and looking out at that kind of offsets some of the issues that you've had over it, the time. It does. It absolutely does. Every single time we, you know, get down on it or, you know, um, look at the size of the mortgage we're like okay but you can't replace this view and um, we built that pool as well all ourselves and then we tiled it and that was the first two for bringing in tile we brought in tile from china direct and um it was an experience to say the least but yeah well beautiful end results and here's like your dining room has that view when you're sitting yeah. in the dining room well what we designed and actually I should mention that my daughter um she uh, I told her the style I wanted of the house and I had um I don't know if you ever saw that movie something's got to give with Jack Nicholson and um uh Diane Keaton yeah and yeah one of my faves <laughs> uh, that big Hampton house shingle home and that's what I wanted <laughs> what I wanted um so I got a shingle home but we could not do the sprawling part of it just given this the how we would have to blast even more uh -huh. and um so she designed to do what we could do and the whole key was that that you could be at the back of the house like you know how we were just talking about that nice. um and look forward to the front which is the lake view so um, our back door, our um, front door, like I guess it's called our main door, every single one of them are glass and they look straight through. And then we put all the major rooms on the lake side. So um, we have the kitchen dining room, they're open concept. They look through the living room, obviously looks through the master bedroom looks through. And then we put both kids up on top because that's not fair. One gets a view, yeah. one doesn't. So, <laughs> so they both have view rooms as well. Well, and how, like, how would you describe your style of decorating? Like I just saw for the, the outside of your home, I don't know what you posted recently, saw the outside and saw that kind of new England 
clapboard kind of an exterior. And I was a little bit surprised because I felt like your style was a little bit different inside. So share with us how you would describe your style. Oh, I know it's a problem. I, (laughs) (laughs) I am, um, I'm eclectic. I am absolutely eclectic. I wanted that exterior of the house to be a home that my grandkids would drive up to and they would say, oh, it's just so welcoming and friendly and stuff. But then, um, you know, I get the input of my family too, and they're more modern. So I would call us modern coastal on the inside. What we did is um, like on the staircase going up, um, it is two stories of windows and uh, all these treads are see-through. So that was all engineered. It is a big piece of metal that engineers had to sign off on. And so, I don't I haven't shown that too much because I haven't decorated in that area very much. And then the living room is two stories once again of windows. So it is different than a typical Cape Cod or, um, you know, coastal coastal homes often I find are West Coast homes and then they're always a lot of dark wood and whatnot. Um, ours is light and bright and airy and um, it has that modern feel to it, a little bit of a modern feel. Um, so yeah, it's eclectic and <laughs> I feel bad. Like, you know, I, my heart's going one way and then I try to accommodate the loves of my family as well. And so we're just trying to make it. So it's modern coastal perhaps. Well, whatever you're doing, you're doing it very well. And I, I always, when I see your pictures and my takes my breath away because it, it is just beautiful. And it actually reminds me of a place we stayed in Costa Rica that was way, way, no, no I'm sorry, not Costa Rica. It was in Jamaica and it was way, way up high on a hill. And the pool there was an infinity pool and it looked like you were looking right out into the ocean. And um, I get that feel, that same feeling when I look at your photos that have your pool in it. But at Christmas time, I also really enjoyed seeing your full full length floor to ceiling. What is it? Maybe 20, 30 feet, your fireplace, which is all stone. It's just beautiful. Yeah. And that is actually real stone. If you can believe it, we priced out real stone and man, like man-made uh-huh. and they were the same price. So we picked the um, real stone. Uh, the only difference there is the labor cost because it's um, a little bit harder maybe to put together, but my husband and daughter did that. They got scaffolding and did the whole thing. I was cut out. Like I was not allowed to be a part of it because I was too picky. So <laughs> no, that stone can't be there. It's got to be here. <laughs> yeah. So Bentley fired me from that job really quickly. <laughs> yeah. We actually have two fireplaces. One is outside in our outside living room and one is um, at, in our home and the exterior stone as well. We had to go with the um, man-made because of weight okay. issues. Yeah. Um, we li- because we live on water and our water table is really high. Mm-hmm. That was an issue for us. So um, we went to, you can't really tell. No, you can't tell. And that's the thing, you know, we were pondering it back and forth and we thought, well, 
well, let's just go with the real stuff, you know, because it has a little bit of sparkle and some very different veining here and there. Right. So. Now, as far as outside, you have a, a love of gardening like I do, too, and you also have a greenhouse. Yours is far and away much more beautiful than mine. Um, where is that in in relationship to looking out at the pool in the water? Is it to the left, to the side of your house? Because it's hard to imagine where all of that is. Yeah. And that is part of, um, you know, being under construction, I'm not totally showing how it um, relates because there's a section right in between that's not done. It's ugly. So I'm always leaving that out. But okay, so if you're looking out at the lake, it's to the left and it's um, basically right in line with our dining room. And uh, yeah, it's out there. We had to kind of find Bentley had to do some retaining and put it on there. And that whole uh, little greenhouse has its own story. I started collecting old vintage windows at estate sales and garage sales. And then as I always do, it's like I bring it home and I'm like, OK, I've got all this stuff, honey. Can you build me something? <laughs> Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was vintage windows because it, it definitely has that look, yeah. um, which is what I actually wanted too. But Keith came up with a much more user-friendly idea. And we actually bought a kit greenhouse. Yes. He just customized it by putting like brick, brick down as the flooring and then like retaining wall kind of to lift it up higher. Um so yeah, it's not nearly as beautiful as yours, but no, the fun right. part is the inside anyway, when you're, you know, just decorating it. That's one of my favorite things to do for entertaining is um, to use my greenhouse. When our daughter got married in our backyard, that was the bar. We had oh, the nice. bar greenhouse. Oh. Yeah, it was very fun. Very, oh. very fun. Well, that's great. Yeah. I, um, I would like a bigger one and I have put in a request. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that funny when you have a husband who's a contractor and very handy, it, it, it becomes requests. I actually did a podcast with Keith and I call him handy on my blog. And I, I introduced at live on my podcast, what I wanted to do for 2023. And he's just like, Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> what now? Um, what next? I know. So I know. And that's just what happened to us recently. Bentley's like, okay, I want to finish off the games room now. That's um, that's the very bottom of our house. Uh, it's the, it's like the third main level down. And, um, he said, okay, I want to finish that off. And I'm like, oh no, but you're kind of using that as the workshop. And he's like, yeah, so we're done. Oh no, 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 honey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have all these other projects. <laughs> I know Keith keeps saying to me too, like Lynn, we, this will be the third time we've done that room. I go, well, we've lived here for 30 years. And yeah. he, he actually lived, his parents lived in the same house. His mom does now that they grew up in. They never moved. My parents moved when I was an young, younger adult. I moved many times. I've lived in a lot of houses. So for me, moving isn't a big deal because I feel like any place that I live is my home. Yeah. I can make any place my home. And he's just so he he's a creature of habit, but he's getting used to having to change things every couple of years. And 
Um, and and when he does give me problems, I'm like, well, then let's move if you don't want to change it again. And then next thing you know, we're doing it. So yeah. back to the gardening. You talked about the weather in where you live, and it's different than I would have thought. Like, I think of Canada is snow eight months out of the year. And clearly that's not the case. No. So share with us what what your growing season is like, how long it is, and um, maybe some of your favorite flowers that you grow. And do, now, are you a vegetable gardener too? Um, I was a wannabe. Well, I, I, I got out there and I planted them and then the marmot and the chipmunks ate them all. They oh. just completely ate everything. So we finally have our garden secured. And so I'm going to give it a shot again. But um, these are the things you learn when you move into basically, we're in the wilderness, you know, we back onto a massive um, provincial park, it's huge. And so you can't, I don't complain. Um, we moved into their area. And so we give them their space, and then I have to secure ours. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I do the same thing because we have, we, we're not probably as rural as you are, but living on water, we have a lot of green space. We have a lot of parks as well. And our, our particular street is basically an Island. There's only a little street to get down here. And we have a family of deer that live with us. And so they are my, thing that chomps down all of my food. So yeah, it, it I spend a good deal battling predators and I do have to have my vegetable garden totally enclosed. And even with that, I have all kinds of things that I use to keep, try to keep them either out of my yard or in a different place. Yeah. So, so what yeah. are some of your favorite flowers and yeah. And I was just going to mention our zone is six a do you know what wow. yours is? We're, yeah, we're 5B. Yeah. So you're actually colder. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. probably so, longer. Yeah. So, you know, we um, will see the snow come in, say, November. Um, and there's times that we get snow and then we don't. It, like, you know, and, and then we sometimes like we're getting to Christmas and we're like, oh, no, we're not going to have a white Christmas and well, you know, there might be a little flurry or something this year, totally different. We've had snow and a lot of it since the beginning of November. It's still here. I think we have still out there. I'm just looking um, probably 18 inches of snow right now. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. I mean, your snow is beautiful. We don't we haven't really had snow to speak of what we seem to get anymore is just incredibly cold, cold weather. Yeah. And so, you know, um, we we're thankful for the snow this year because we rely on our lake being filled with water. Um, so all the runoff is what provides us with our water and we have water reservoirs as well. But, um, you know, so when we see all the snow, we're going, okay, this is good. You know, <laughs> we don't have to worry about, you know, major restrictions, although we still do get restrictions. Um, but the other big thing is to see this much snow. We know that um, it's, it's moisturizing our forests because we get a lot of wildfires. And uh, this area, why our property is so 
bear is um, it was the subject of the 2003 firestorm that rolled through here. It made news because so many houses burnt um, in it. And this was uh, one of the first areas hit. So we don't have a lot of trees growing back except for along the stream. And so there we get the aspen. But um, yeah, so we're 6A. Um, our my growing season is for early starters. I can start in March. Um, and, you know, like I can, you know, put in my sweet peas and, and everything and, and stuff like that. Anything that can go in six weeks before the end of a frost. Um, and um, my dahlias, those are my most tender. Um, I just have to have them out typically by November. Um, they were blooming, looking absolutely gorgeous until that first snowfall came. And then they were, you know, uh, they had to get out because um, I don't want to lose all my tubers. Um, so, yeah, the, that's our season. So, you know, um, I would have everything in in May. Everything's in um, and growing. Um, so some of my favorites are I love anything fragrant. So I love like um, roses, um, honeysuckle. I have so many peonies um, that are amazing. Um, let's see, what else do I have? I have a lot. Oh, wisteria. And um, I have different honeysuckles, clematis. Um, always I do usually the um, climbing roses. Um, and then... I'm just really getting into seeds now. So zinnias, cosmos, um, delphiniums. Um, I have this huge, what are they called? Allium. Actually, you can see it right there. That's oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Look at how big that is. It, it's it's huge. like this. I used it as a Christmas tree topper <laughs> when I did oh, a winter fun. tree. Um, yeah, so, you know, basically anything. And I'm just, I've, okay, here they are. This is how crazy I am this year. Look at all these. <laughs> oh, from I, I know that packaging. Yeah, from yes, do. <laughs> oh, they're so amazing. So yeah, um, that's I'm excited for that. And um, yeah, the vegetables I was doing carrots. Oh, I do have raspberries and strawberries. And I do, you know, I fight battle the chipmunks, you know, they come, yeah. they take a few little scrapes out. <laughs> so annoying. Yeah. Well, our flowers are pretty similar. Um, and in fact, I just did zinnias for the first time in my life this last year. And I can't believe I've never done them before. They're just such pretty cute little flowers. And I did it from seed and they did amazing. I can't put anything out until about May 15th. And even then I've had to cover it with sheets because we, we've gotten, you know, either frost or the possibility of a frost and I don't want to lose everything that no. I just put into my garden. Um, but I don't do seeds only because I don't, I really don't have the space to grow them. And my greenhouse isn't secure enough that I would feel comfortable putting them out there. But I got to tell you a sad story. I did not get my tubers up. I love dahlias. Oh. And we, I, it was November. And I did that one, one room challenge in October that went into November. 
And I was so busy with that. I just really didn't get a chance to go out and clean up my garden. And we were, we still had some pretty decent weather, but then we got a really hard, hard, cold couple of weeks, a hard frost. And then it was really cold. And I went to dig them up and the, the ground was frozen already. So I didn't get my oh, garlic no. planted and I did not get all my tubers. I didn't get any of my tubers dunk, dug up. And I'm just so sad about it because I I have a pretty good, uh, very healthy amount of dahlia tubers that are gone. That's heartbreaking. Oh, I know. Gosh. Isn't that heartbreaking? Yeah. Yeah. Only another gardener can appreciate that because they're the one thing that I have in my yard that do need care and need mm -hmm. to be brought in. And um, yeah, didn't happen. So is there anything you wish you could grow that you can't? Like I, when I chatted with Wendy from WM Designs, she's in Southern California. She doesn't, they can't grow peonies. Yeah, I know. I was in shock when uh, I heard that too. And I was like, what? I thought peonies grew everywhere. Right, right. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, for me, um, growing up in like, because I grew up just outside of Vancouver, BC, and um, they have a very, you know, very mild temperatures. So I love the whole camellia bushes. And uh, we, there's no way they would be hardy enough. But last night, I looked it up. Because uh, I was just like, Oh, what zone is camellia? And I found um, uh, ones that will grow in zone six, they're brand new. So you betcha, I'm going to be out there trying to find one. <laughs> trying to get one of those. Yeah, you know, it's interesting they how they can create new breeds that will grow in your zone. Because Wendy had mentioned to me that there is one variety that she can get, but it was like $150 for one plant too. Oh, <laughs> oh maybe that's she what got, I'm yeah, She got one for her birthday. <laughs> oh, nice. So about a month ago, you and I started chatting on social media about blog hops, which a blog hop is basically where a bunch of bloggers get together and share a blog on the same day, typically about the same thing. And you encourage your readers to go from blog to blog to blog. And I shared with you that I really wanted to be more intentional about that and that I really wanted to do something unique and um, just different and with, I guess, maybe more control over mm -hmm. what, what I was putting out there and my content and be more intentional with my content. And we, you and me, along with Cindy from Reinvented Delaware and Aaron from Aaron Evolving have decided to host a monthly blog hop that's inspired by a book. And so on the fourth Thursday of each month, we'll be sharing our home decor inspiration from the, that particular book of the month. And on the following Saturday, we're going to do a recipe slash food, also inspired by the book. So this month, we've chosen Murder on the Orient Express. And I don't think that I've said that out loud to anybody until right now. Um, it's not a book that I think I would have ever chosen to read. However, I'm loving that it's really stretching my creativity. How are you feeling about this book pick? Well, you know, um, I I do love Art Deco and, you know, that goes along with my whole eclectic mm -hmm. personality. And so, I, you know, coming from a um, home decor stance, 
Um, I'm loving it. I'm loving the deep, rich tones and, and whatnot. But yeah, I'm not, this wouldn't been have wouldn't have been a book I would have read. And in fact, we did try to watch the movie a few years ago and uh, it was just something that wasn't for us. Um, I think it was moving a little too slowly was what was happening. Um, although, boy, the sets and whatnot are absolutely gorgeous. And it certainly has made me want to um, experience that type of train travel if I could ever afford it. Yeah, no kidding. I, I've been doing most of my research on the actual Orient Express site. And wow, it's I mean, and and the the places you could go on the train yes. just seemed very cool. So all of us are book lovers, um, but you are also an author. Can you share a little bit more about that with everyone? Yeah, well, okay. So I'm gonna go back a so that people can understand. Um when I grew up, my brothers are way older than me. They were basically gone out of the house. And um, we lived in a rural area where there were like no children. And um, so at a very young age, it was my imagination was my friend. And that was funny because my mom said to me, yeah, do you remember your imaginary friend? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I just... Uh, Home life was pretty chaotic, but I would go outside into nature and we had the huge pond and nation would just take them under living swiftly. Um, that imagination stayed with me always. Um, I And then it would affect like I was like at nighttime sleeping. I was dreaming all the time. These very, very colorful, beautiful dreams. And I would share them with all my friends when I go to school, finally, when I had friends. And uh, <laughs> by the time I graduated, um, I don't know if they do this in the US, but down in Canada, we um, do a thing where when the grads um, are getting ready to leave, you have your big yearbook, and they do a last will and testament of all the grads and they pick mm each uh, like the grads vote on this and they pick a particular thing that a grad is known for and they leave it to the upcoming ones and um they left my dreams is what they left for me so um I always wanted to do something artistic um either painting or I wanted to be an interior designer but given how I grew up my mom was always steering me you have to pick something solid, you know, like you have to pick something that you always have a job in that can support you no matter what. So I was always steered away from anything artistic. And um, I always kept up with my art. Um, but behind the scenes, I was writing books and um, they would be inspired by me in our new area with all these burnt out trees, um, just going for a walk and seeing the trees and these stories would just come to me. So I started writing them all down and, um, and I would make children's books out of um, dreams I had funny. I have very, very comical dreams, like where I wake up laughing, they're so funny. Um, so I started making those into books. And then our lovely Karianne, who um, ran the, you know, Thistlewood for Haven, she um, introduced me to her um, literary acquisitions editor, and we had a meeting. 
And um, she listened to all the books I had and she picked um, one of the books. And so, yeah, it's, so I'm not quite an art author, but um, it's, it's in the works and I will also be doing the artwork for it. So, oh, very and cool. um, yeah. And then once she said, she picked this one book that she really likes. And she said, then when um, I'm better known, then we'll go because the other books are um, children's books, like young children. She said, you have to be really known um, there because it's a hard market to branch into. Right. But then as well, um, she's kind of coaching me through doing some home decor gardening type of books. So oh, there's lots very, coming up. Very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I worked for many, many, many years for Scholastic. And Lots so I'm very it. familiar with children's literature and it's unusual for an author to be the illustrator. I of their know. Book. Yeah. Oh gosh. And I know I'm so controlling, <laughs> but I, you know, I have a vision. I have this vision of how magical it is. At least the first book, perhaps with the second books or other books, somebody else, but this first book, it, it has to capture what I see in my head because um, it is, it's magical. It, 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 it's a tween book. So, and it's an adventure and I want the, the one, the children or tweens who read it to um, see what I see. And um, all of the characters are actually based off of trees in our neighborhood. They, the, it's amazing how when trees burn, they don't just kind of fall over in a heap. They stay into a form and you can see actual characters out of them. It's, it's amazing. Oh, I can't, I, I can't wait to read it. I can't yeah. wait to see it. Yeah. Um, so let's wrap this up. Okay. And I just want to know something that most people don't know about you. Oh, goodness. Um, Okay, so people out in social media, um, but people who know me, know me, know, um, I was a professional dancer. So I, you know, traveled all over the place, uh, dancing, jazz, tap, song and stage, all of those things. And I opened up Expo 86. But something that people wouldn't know unless you like live with me is um, I'm walking calamity. I don't know. I go outside and it's, I have every bug or whatever coming after me. Um, I have had such major accidents in the garden. I came up one time um, because something startled me and I ended up with a rose vine stuck through my forehead into my eyelids and everything like a full on rose vine stuck. So <laughs> it's kind of chaos. Yeah. I it, it's funny because I'm kind of a calamity too. I'm I'm just very cl and clumsy, but I never was a dancer, so <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not getting the connection here. Maybe um, my calamity is more just clumsiness. Um, yours sounds like just more bad luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and uh, I don't know. Do you guys have like we have these really big beetles that um, fly around here? They're huge. And they seem to love me. And so, you know, if you hear me screaming, it's because they are chasing me down. <laughs> yeah, we don't. Well, we, we have like June bugs and we have some beetles, but 
Our worst thing is mosquitoes in the summertime. Oh. They almost make it unbearable to be outside sometimes. Oh. We get that at the beginning and then they dry up because of the heat. So, yeah. Yeah. We're not that lucky. And b- with our water and being a river rather than a lake, oh. um, there's times where we don't appreciate the snowfall because the runoff yeah, makes our river very high. Um, and when we do have, you know, when we get marshy areas, it's just a breeding ground for mosquitoes. So, and what would be one thing you would say would be a personal goal for yourself for this year? One thing. Yeah. Doesn't it be about blogging? Doesn't have to be about anything in particular. Well, um, well, obviously the book doing that, but I have three, a trilogy of paintings going and they are very large, you know, like they're eight feet tall and um, I want to finish those. Um, And, you know, the age old thing of, I don't know, maybe not every woman, but a lot of women is I'd love to lose weight, get in shape, you know, become (laughs) my youthful best. (laughs) Yeah, I can picture that girl, but I just never, I can never get there. Um, It's always a goal. It is for me too. Yeah. So where can people find you on all the social medias and everything? Yeah, I am Sweet Valley Acres everywhere. So, um, you know, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, YouTube, um, what else? TikTok, even <laughs> trying there. Um, and I also on Facebook, for some reason, somebody had already taken Sweet Valley Acres. So I'm Sweet Valley Acres one. <laughs> but everywhere else, just plain Sweet Valley Acres. Well, very awesome. And Crystal, I want to thank you so much for being on another episode of Living Large Podcast, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much. I loved it. See you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Large Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform so you'll be reminded when there's a new episode. Your positive likes and ratings and reviews are always appreciated as they will help this podcast to grow. You can find all the ways to follow Living Large in a Small House in the show notes.